Welcome to every one of our perspectives from the top community of listeners around the world to Reflections on the Top. Reflections is to help you get the best of the series by me reviewing the key insights from our latest guest, who's Ashesaka, CEO of Salary Finance. Salary Finance is a fast-growing fintech which enables employees to receive wage advances to help them pay off their debts faster and save towards their financial goals, operating in both UK and US. It's been featured twice by Forbes as one of the leading socially responsible startups and one of five fast-growing businesses to watch. It's also become a Harvard case study so soon in its growth. Salary finance offering is especially important when it's a challenging time for people financially. Across UK and US, it's used by 500 employers and available to around 4 million people. And Ashesh also chairs the trustees of the financial education charity, My Bank. Ashish started his career in consulting with PA and later on became a partner before starting Salary Finance. What I really liked in my interview with Ashish is his journey as a self-confessed introvert through the world of consultancy into leading a social enterprise that's having a significant positive effect on the lives of millions of people across the world. When reflecting on who had influenced him, Ashish talked about his first boss and what that boss did day to day. That they gave him autonomy, listened to him, valued him, treated him with respect, gave him flexibility in his work. But this is so important, listeners. I have seen so many successful people who had a boss like this early on, who helped them build their own skills in getting the best from people to really accelerate their career success from the start. Now, this confirms the power that you have if you're a leader. How? By doing those critical day-to-day actions, not only getting the best from your people now to be successful yourself, but also you have the opportunity to create the next generation of leaders. Within that, also, if bosses don't do these things, they become key drivers of people leaving organizations. They power the great resignation. And so they are vital not only to getting the best from people, but also to prevent them from leaving. So the early part of Ashes's career was in consultancy firms. Now, that's a demanding place to work intellectually and practically. As he said, these organizations and other professional services firms often have a sort of project-based structure where individuals and teams move around between different projects as they come, are worked on, and then completed. So this is an environment where it's not only about building positive relationships with clients and their people, but also about building positive relationships with the people you may be working with on different projects where different people will be brought in because of their specific areas of expertise. So this is a much more dynamic, flexible structure to work in versus a traditional formalized organizational structure where here you may have a even have a number of different bosses over a year even if you've got one individual boss who oversees your work and development in a coaching role now this culture as Asha said is one where you often expect those with an extrovert nature and perhaps with good networks to be the ones that flourish but Ashesh, because of his love of collaborative working to solve problems and create new ideas despite his naturally introvert 
nature, became very effective at creating authentic relationships with people with whom he worked, be they colleagues or clients. His subsequent success absolutely demonstrates the power of reaching out, collaborating and working in partnership, which we have so often spoken about as enabler of success. This approach permeates the whole interview. He's proactively building trust-based relationships, not transactional ones. And he specifically mentioned this approach in contrast to what he has seen taken by other people, which is that more self-focused transactional approach. Now, I'm predicting that regular listeners to Reflections will know exactly what I'm going to say, because this just goes to the heart of the difference between a me, not we culture or attitude and a we, not me culture or attitude. In the end, success is much more likely long term using we, not me. But Ashesh experience also beautifully confirmed that you don't have to be some highly demonstrative, high energy expert, extrovert to get places in organizations. You just have to be good at reaching out to other people to work together for mutual success. Now, maybe that's a question worth asking yourself. Of the relationships I have with people at work, which are trust-based and which are transactional? And would I be more successful if I deepen the transactional to trust-based? If you want, just do a list of all the people you interact with and assess each. Some interesting comments came out on his perspective of the different type of leaders that he's seen in business. Those who are very good at collaborating and working with people to create an environment where those people could give their best performance. And those who are naturally entrepreneurial to do business, but not maybe so good with people. Now, I agree with that analysis to some degree, and most of you listening will have been in organizations for any period of time will have seen this. People who are naturally very good with other people and those who are really focused on delivering the next level of business or technical performance. But what we pick up here is about a natural ability in a specific area. But Ashesh said, it's about a successful organization and you can't do it unless you have both. The great business idea without people who want to make it happen is useless. Equally, inspired people without a clear vision and plan won't get anything done. He said that in his experience, he has this natural business-focused brain and that his weak area is in working collaboratively and building inspired teams. Now, I'm not so sure about that because... His repeated comments about despite being introvert, he has this ability to build positive relationships, to collaborate. And that suggests to me that actually he is also good at getting people behind the ideas he has. And inherently, that's confirmed by the success he's achieved. He's moved from the world of consultancy into creating a startup. Some of you listening might view as a pretty drastic change, but it was something that wasn't perhaps totally new to him as whilst in the world of consultancy, he was asked to set up a new part of the business, which was essentially a startup inside the wider organization. So I suspect perhaps that was a little bit of a taster, which enabled him to have perhaps more confidence in moving into creating a social enterprise. It's interesting that Ashish said that he's always thought that there was an unnecessary division 
between the not-for-profit world and the commercial world in terms of what could be done to create a better society. And it, his belief that it was possible to combine the two, i.e. to deliver significant social benefit, but also to achieve a commercial return. But the insight required to realize how to make this happen came from four years he spent inside the financial services regulator world. This enabled him to see how the industry operated and how that legacy process created profits for banks, but with what many would consider to be significantly negative social impacts within society. The fact that the low paid and young are charged the highest interest rates when they can least afford it, and thus increase default risk, whereas those who are higher paid and older are often charged less when they could afford more. His analogy was simple and powerful. What would we say if we heard that a sandwich shop was charging older, more wealthy people one pound for a sandwich, but then when somebody came in who was younger on low pay, they would be charged ten pounds for the same sandwich? As he said, that might make sense for the profit margins of the banks, but it doesn't make sense for wider society. Now, at this point, it would be easy to get into a detailed discussion of risk pricing and how all of this interest rate differential works. But if you're interested, there's much more out there on the Internet if you want to dig in deeper. Now, this inconsistency became apparent to Ashish when he discovered the challenges that his children's nanny was having servicing the debt which she had which was at a substantially higher interest rate than he would have paid, despite the fact she was earning significantly less. So he paid off her debt and she repaid the capital over time to him. In that moment, he saw a true transformation in her as a person, happier, more relaxed, better at doing her work. This was his moment of revelation. So with the choice between investing in the consultancy partnership or doing something in the area of social enterprise, Ashish took the choice, so well set out by Ruth Gautian, commenting on the advice from her mentor, to not just do something interesting, but to do something important, to set up salary finance. This was back in 2015, when the idea of social enterprise and being a social entrepreneur was in its infancy. So, his idea was simple that salary finance takes over the debt of employees at a much lower interest rates and that the repayments are agreed to be taken out of their pay by their employer. Now, as a result of this, many employees are now paying only 25% or less of the interest that commercial banks and other lenders were previously charging them. The impact of this on their lives cannot be underestimated. There is significant evidence that any employee who has debt, which is putting them under stress, is also negatively impacting on their ability to give their best at work. Salary finance has since flourished, growing from just Ashesh to a team of 320, attracting some of the best talent on the market to provide a great job with a real purpose and delivering good commercial returns to investors, as well as helping employees get out of the debt trap. Now, you've often heard people quote a win-win situation, but in my view, this is a win-win-win-win. 
Ashish works with some of the top organizations, both public and commercial in US and UK, from supermarkets to hospitals, from Tesla to banks. That latter one, I just find bizarre that a major bank cannot be bothered to set up something like salary finance, even for its own people, or offer them reduced interest rates shows, I suppose, how much they really care about their people, despite what they say. That said, there are some banks who do offer reduced interest rates to staff, but not often on debt clearance. But then again, most banks are already absolutely aware of the impact that their high interest rates are having on people, given they hold their accounts. However, for some reason, they've made absolutely no effort to address this problem, which is seriously impacting people's well-being, damaging their performance at work and therefore impacting the whole economy. They seem very focused on putting resources into creating complex derivatives and other products, yet not bothered about the negative impact they're having on a significant proportion of society. Now, to be clear, for anyone who works for a bank who's listening, I'm not criticizing those that work in banks personally. My comment is based on the fact that their strategy and lack of responsibility in this area I find seriously wanting and the need for Ashesh and salary finance absolutely confirms that. What rather defines the difference is that when commercial organizations, banks in particular, are proudly announcing increases in profitability, what motivates Ashesh and his people is their ability to announce that they have helped another significant number of people get out of debt as well as being able to make a commercial return. Perhaps that's why salary finance was the subject of that Harvard case study so soon in its existence. To complement salary finance, Ashesh is also involved in leading my bank to help young people, particularly those from deprived backgrounds, with financial education so that they're able to get a credible start into the financial system. The figure that staggered me was that where my bank helps those going into their first social housing who don't have support from my bank, have a 60% eviction rate, whereas those who do, it's down at 2%. Now, that isn't just beneficial for the individuals or for their landlords. That also makes a real difference for enabling these young people from deprived backgrounds play a full and productive role in society rather than be excluded from it economically, which is what we should be trying to do. Interesting that whilst at the start of the interview, Ashes said that he was an introvert and maybe not particularly good at interacting with people. But his journey to success shows that even if that's where you start, by proactively reaching out to other people to build trust-based relationships, to see how you can add value to others so they want to add value to you, that can become a very natural, powerful way to get things done. Ashesh often used the word human in the interview, which indicates to me he deeply believes in people and their potential to grow, to develop and to be their best, both in terms of those who work for him and those who he supports via salary finance. And that's despite his description of himself as being more of a business person than a people person. I just think that what he's achieved confirms that if you can combine both, you can get to pretty much anywhere you want to be. So taking that for everybody listening, perhaps it's worth you self-assessing yourself to think about whether you are more the business or technical person 
or the people person and perhaps ask people for their feedback on that as well. Because once you've made that assessment, then it gives you a good indicator of where you need to focus your efforts to enhance your overall capabilities. Because at its most basic, being successful is simply about being good at the technical or business aspects of your role, but also being great with people to turn ideas into action. And certainly when I ask Ashish what he would recommend that people do to be better leaders or better colleagues, he immediately came out with the suggestion that all of you listening should take just more time with your colleagues, more time with your team, your peers, or anyone who can help you achieve what you need to achieve. To deepen those relationships that you have, to expand the number of relationships you have, because these will power your future. Now, that's not just theoretical. When I was global head of leadership at UBS, trying to create a new global bank from seven mergers and acquisitions, that was a specific part of the strategic plan to significantly expand and deepen the relationships that existed between the top 500 senior executives across the bank. And by achieving that end, which is now part of a Harvard case study, we were able to significantly increase the level of understanding and trust, which then significantly boosted the business generated between different parts of the organization where it had not previously existed. But I would just go back to Ash's first comments about the importance of everyone being able to have autonomy to be listened to, to be valued, to be treated with respect, and to be given flexibility in how you work. All of those things he got from his first boss, and he subsequently proactively sought to give them to people who work for him. That's simply what we all want at work. And if you, as a leader, can give them to your people, they will give you their best. But they can also be applied to you, even by you, even if you are not a leader in terms of how you interact with your colleagues. Perhaps a takeaway is just to ask yourself if there is anyone you work with now who you could spend more time listening to, more time interacting with, learning from, and them learning from you, or somebody you haven't as yet been interactive with who you think would be great to do it with. So why not this week just reach out to one or two more people and see how much value you can give each other. And also, finally, listeners, if you are in C-suite and think that there may be some of your people who might be suffering in the debt trap, which is stressing them and impairing their performance, maybe, just maybe you should think about getting in touch with Ashesh and Salary Finance or similar organizations so you can become aware of the real challenges which your people might have, but which you are currently completely unaware of. So, as with previous guests and now Ashesh, hopefully you are seeing a pattern of simple actions you can take to be more successful. Share these interviews with colleagues, please, so you can benefit they can benefit and people around you can benefit and they can develop with you. And certainly I'll be using the key points here in my speaking and masterclasses in the future. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd be delighted. And don't forget to sign up to Perspectives from the Top so you don't miss any of the great episodes in the future. So that's it from now from me. It's therefore onwards and upwards until our next episode.